What is going on, guys? Welcome to Real Men Talk. Today, we're going to be talking about our origin stories. For those of you who do not know, I am a big superhero fan. I love origin stories. I love, um, you know, the beginnings of, of all those, you know, Marvel, DC. I like them both. It doesn't matter. And um, Marvel's better than DC. <laughs> it is. That's true. And so, we are going to be talking about our origin stories as Christian men and the past that God has set us on and what he did to get us there. Let's get started on Real Men Talk. Welcome to Real Men Talk, discussing the tough issues facing men and their families every day. Here are your hosts. What's going on, guys? All right, so Ecclesiastes 11.5. Just as you don't know the path of the wind or how bones develop in the womb of a pregnant woman, so also you don't know the work of God who makes everything. All right, so today we're talking about our origin stories and the, oh, that was Ecclesiastes eleven. We're talking about our origin stories as men. So this past week, I was—I've uh, you know, for those of you who didn't catch the last podcast, and we'll talk about it a little bit more. I, I wrote this book, um, framework of, of biblical masculinity, and so in it, I, I talk about the the importance of like Bible studies at work and different things like that, and I, how I am a product of a Bible study at, at a factory. And, and so I was like, I, I was, I was curious. I was like, Hey, I was like, why don't you tell me about your conversion? How did you find Jesus? And, uh, and so he, he breaks out this bill. So the, for those of you who don't know, I'm adopted. Um, my, my dad is not my biological dad. I've talked about it, that before on here. Um, it, he's my dad. He raised me. Um, but when him and my mom got married, I remember I was, t- I was telling this the other day, I remember when he got married. So when him and mom got together, I don't know, I was like five or six, something like that. And, um, I, I, like, I didn't really trust him. Right. I remember how angry he was. I remember, you know, he, he, there was, there was always alcohol. There was all that stuff, you know? And I was like, man, I, I don't, I do not like this guy. And, um, I remember, Shortly after him being saved, because as he tells me the story, um, and and I'm filling in the 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 blank spots of my memory, right? Um, you, you know, he's he he was at work. It was like a Wednesday night. Some guys from work um, that um, some of them go to the church that we go to now invited him to a Bible study, and it was he said it was like one thirty in the morning, something like that. It was after he was working second shift. He'd gotten off, and, and so he decided to go to this Bible study. And it's and it's cool because the the circumstances that that set this up, right? So my little sister had just been born, and my mom was in it was not in very good shape. So when my mom became pregnant with my little sister, she also had a tumor, but the tumor was attached to to I don't know the 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 I don't know what sect they call that. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a science guy. Um, whatever the, the baby's in. What is that called, Kyler? The placenta? Yeah, that's it. I guess something like that. I don't know. Whatever it is, but they couldn't take it out without without hurting the baby. So as as Rusty, who's my little sister, grew, she the, the tumor grew also. Um, and, and so they... Um, by the time she had uh, she she had Rusty, she was huge, right? But she was premature, 
And so um, they talk about, he talked about how, how they had been in the hospital for days, for like 10 days. Both of them had been in the hospital, you know, had to have a C-section, cut everything out. And uh, they were both in the hospital and, uh, you, you know, he was stressed out, you know, and, and all of a sudden these guys, they, they just, they invited him to a, to a Bible study. And he said, he, he talked about how he, he had been invited before, but this time was different, mm-hmm. right? Because of the circumstances, he was stressed out. And he said, um, he's like, you know, all I could think of was I was, I'm going to turn out like my dad. Okay, so for, for his dad was not a very good guy, um, and it's a long story, but um, he w- he wasn't a very good guy. As a matter of fact, um, to just just to, so everybody understands the circumstances, my grandmother had to pack up my dad and his two siblings and move from California to Missouri in the middle of the night to get away from from his dad. Right, not a good dude, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and so he. he and the reason why he was thinking that because he was turning to drugs and alcohol, mm. right? That's how he was trying to cope, right? you know, and still trying to work, still trying to make money, you know, all that stuff. And he was just stressed out. And, um, you know, he said he's had that thought. And so they invited him to this Bible study. And he said he remembers walking up to the church and looking through the window and thinking, I don't, I don't really want to go in there. You know, and he's kind of an introvert anyways. And so it was, you know, I'm sure it was extremely difficult on him. Right. Right. And so he ended up going in and he ended up getting saved, gave his heart to the Lord. And just instantly, he said he came home and dumped all the alcohol out threw all of his, flushed all of his drugs down the toilet, everything that night. And, um, and I remember it was weird because I... I remember going to church and my mom staying home. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is, this is strange. So now this guy that I don't even, I didn't even really trust is acting really strange now. Right. And we're going to a place. My mom doesn't go. And then I remember going home and mom having like a bottle of wine and dad getting mad about it. Be like, you can't, you know, this is, this is not, don't, don't do that. And I was like, this is, you're the drinker. Like, this is weird. You know, and I mean, I'm like six, seven years old, right? Right. I, I'm I'm young. That's suspicious, right? Yeah, but I re, I like I vividly remember all of this stuff, and um, but it, I thought it was really interesting. So so you take that, you take that event that happened in 1989, and you look and you fast forward to 2023. Mm-hmm. I am a product of a decision that was made. In, two, in 1989. Yeah. You know, and I thought that was so fascinating that God orchestrated, right? God orchestrated all these events. You know, my mom survived. They really didn't know if she was going to survive. They didn't know if Rusty was going to survive. And, um, but they, they both survived. They put my dad in this, this circumstance that was, you know, stressed you know completely stressed out but it made it brought him to the point that he was susceptible you know like the other day we were talking about my uncle rob you know when he got cancer that was grace mm-hmm. you know he ended up giving his heart to the lord and and reconciling a lot of relationships and different things like that and how god used that even though even though he passed yeah but his soul you know he's in heaven right yes um 
because of that. In, in the same way, this situation was grace, not just for him, but for our entire family. Right. There's every little thing that God, I mean, from the time, you know, people can believe in predestination. They cannot be, believe in predestination. But what it ultimately comes down to is God has a plan for everybody's life, whether we follow the plan or whether we don't. He has it orchestrated. We can follow the path that he's given us or we cannot. And that's that's what happens in our origin story. Sometimes we decide our families, because we are a product of generational curses, generational everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and in our families, they can decide to walk with God along that path so that they can continue along the way or they can choose not to. And luckily, like in my dad's, um, when I asked him about his origin story, this is what he said. He said it was 1987 in Jonesboro, Arkansas. He was at a youth in action. He was like, that's what they called youth rallies in those days. Um, Willie Sandlin was preaching and he felt like God said, now is the time. Willie had always been a friend of his and family. And he said that he felt God from the time he entered the church to the time after the altar call. There was about 2000 teenagers that night and 120 127 people made the decision to accept Jesus and be baptized that night. They started at eight o'clock when the altar call started. And by 1130 on December 27th, 1980, 87 they had finally baptized the last person and he was like that was the night that my walk with god started and if you with his walk it's so he's the baby Mm -hmm. he's the baby of seven kids and his walk is a little bit different because his the way that his parents he had a not necessarily rough raising but his dad when he was little was kind of along the similar he smoked he he didn't really do drugs but he drank and he wasn't always like the nicest person Mm -hmm. but then he became a pastor and so oh, wow. my grandma was raised Baptist. My grandpa was raised Pentecostal and now they're church of Christ. Don't ask me how that happens. I have no <laughs> idea. I can't, I can't tell you how they got there, but they did, but they did, but they did. And it was very much back and forth. I mean, they are very much old time church of Christ. Mm-hmm. You go to church on Sunday, you take communion every Sunday, you get baptized and that's how that you are saved is through baptism and you have no music in the church, you don't do anything else. And, and that's how like along the way, um, and a little bit of my story along the way, um, that's what they wanted our family to believe. So mm-hmm. when my parents got married at 18 and my mom was Baptist, they doomed her to hell. They said, you, you are not going to do anything with our son because we don't want him going to hell because they believe that anybody outside the church of Christ was going to hell. Oh, wow. And so, which we, we just decided that sometimes in our family, it's just better not to talk about religion. <laughs> so we don't, but, um, Throughout the year, those years, though, it was very hard for my dad because he had to go against his mom and dad to have the family that he wanted. Mm-hmm. And so while his walk of faith started back in 1987, it had been a rocky road when we were little. I mean, there were times where, I mean, he wasn't necessarily mean, but like we were talking before the podcast, we didn't talk about emotions. He never, he never said he loved us. He never, I mean, he took care of us. He always did everything else, but emotions, we just didn't talk about. Mm-hmm. He woke up six o'clock in the morning. He went to work. He came back at six or seven o'clock at nighttime. He sat on the couch. He, every now and then, I mean, if we did sports, he'd coach us and that's about it. And then he'd go to bed. Mm-hmm. But that was how it orchestrated it for us. But we were still in church every Sunday and we were still on Wednesday nights. We went to church. And he was like, he didn't do everything correctly, but it was that night he said is when he decided that he was going to make that, that stand. And when he thinks about those nights, he thinks about the decision that he made. And that's what kept bringing him back. Even though, you know, God ordained him to be there that night, God appointed Mm -hmm. that time. And all he had to do was follow the directions to go there. Um, But it was one of those things where 
even if he wouldn't have made that decision back in 1987, where would our family be now? Right. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing, you know, I look, you know, cause really neither one of my parents, she, you know, my mom believed in one saved, always saved. So, you know, she'd, she'd party and she'd drink and mm-hmm. she just thought she was okay. Like that was, that was normal. You, you know, like she, she didn't worry about going to church or anything like that because she had given her heart to Jesus one time and she was okay. Solid. Yeah. She could do whatever she wanted to, you know? And uh, so we, we, you know, we didn't go to church. We didn't mm-hmm. do, you know, we didn't do anything, any of these things. Um, you know, my, my mom met my dad in a bar and, um, the funny story, I won't even get it on that, but, um, the, you know, but it, it, you know, story the, for another time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she'd probably kill me if I shared it, but, um, <laughs> hope you're not listening. You know, I, I don't know if she listens or not, but love you, mom. Um, <laughs> No, but, uh, but you know, it, it's, it's interesting. So you take these two people from, you know, like, like your mom and dad, Kyler, mm-hmm. you know, from completely different backgrounds completely. and yeah, completely different backgrounds, completely different, you, you know, lifestyles, you know, both, both my mom and my dad have been divorced. Um, and they, it, it was, it was just Really, if you would have looked at it from a naturalistic state, mm-hmm. right at that time, you like this. This relationship is doomed to fail, right? You, right. you know, they met in the bar. You know, dad liked to fight all the time. You know, he was out drinking. They'd party. You know, um, all these different things. But they, um, God took something that was unholy and made it holy. Yes, you know, and that that's what Jesus does, right? And because of that, we are we are a product of that, yes. right? And what what's cool? So I was talking to I was he, we were talking in my, our men's group the other day, and and there's a guy named Wayne. Shout out to Wayne. He knows who he is. Uh, you know, we were talk, we were kind of talking about this, and you know, he's like, you know, I was I was the first. Right. And this is Wayne talking. He's like, I was the first, you know, nobody in his family had really ever went to church. You know, there was a lot of, you know, he said he's got a really cool testimony, a lot of drugs, a lot of, a lot of alcohol and different things like that. And, and when he, when he found Jesus, he's the one that, that, that broke those generational curses in his life. Mm-hmm. You know, he was the first and that is just as vitally important as it is even for us. Right. The next generation needs to know. Yes. They they have to know, and they have to be covered. And the reason why this is so cool, the reason why this is so important, is because us as men, we need to understand our influence. You know, I talk about influence all the time on here. You know, um, as you know, the the podcast is is built. Um, the entire goal of the podcast is to to create leaders, to equip men to be leaders, and um, and if we are going to be leaders. If we're going to understand our influence, we got to understand how we got here, mm-hmm. you know, and, and yes, you know, yes, accepting Jesus is part of that, but there's so much more to it than that. It's such a delicate and an orchestrated uh, event, you know, and so we're going to take a little break. And when we, when we come back, we're going to continue talking about our origin stories. We'll be right back after this. 
This portion of The Real Men Talk is brought to you by RL Persons Construction. For over 29 years, they have been a regional leader completing projects that include private, municipal, state, and federal agencies of all types. From mass grading, utilities, concrete of all types, to buildings both conventional and pre-engineered steel, you can expect excellence in all aspects of their finished work. Contact them today at 573-686-1323 and let them know you appreciate them bringing you Real Men Talk. If you want to join in the conversation, join us on Thursday nights at 6.30 p.m. We gather with other like-minded Christian brothers to discuss hard-hitting topics that affect men on a daily basis and use a biblical approach to overcome common strongholds that affect our families. We show men the importance of being the spiritual leader of their home and what it means to be a real man in the eyes of Christ. Join us at the Palace of Praise, located at 1400 Herschel Best Boulevard in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. We meet in room 400 every Thursday. Come be a part of the discussion. This is Scoop Walker and Grillum for God. We're here today with Andy Blunder, who stands out as a Christian. Thanks, Scoop. Uh, that's Bolander. Right. So tell us, Mr. Blunder, what makes you different? Well, I just read my Bible and pray, Scoop. Without using bumper stickers, people still know you're a Christian. Why? Well, it's kind of amazing, Scoop, but every morning I read the Bible and pray to God, and God takes care of the rest. Is it the church you go to, a certain Bible study you attend? Uh, well, those help, Scoop, but I find that prayer in the Bible really helped me to get close to God. Come on, Andy. What do you really do. Well, I'm telling you, a prayer... Andy, our listening audience really wants to know your secret. Fine! I stick my feet in cold spaghetti and read the Bible and pray. So that's the secret. Cold spaghetti! And prayer in the Bible! You heard it here first, folks. No, I was joking! To get close to God, Andy says cold spaghetti! No, it's prayer in the Bible! Another message from Lifeline Productions, the comic strip of radio at lifelinepro.com. This portion of Real Men Talk is brought to you by The Jewelers Bench. They are a full-service jewelry store offering many styles of gold, silver, diamonds, and gemstones. And all jewelry repair is done in-house so you can get your treasured pieces back as soon as possible. They are also a licensed citizen watch dealer. Make sure to visit them today at 1353 North Westwood or call 573-686-1522. Call or stop in and thank them for bringing you Real Men Talk. If you have a question about this week's show, please drop us an email to realmen at palaceofpraise.com. We would love to hear from you. And now back to the show with Anthony and Kyler. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back, guys. All right, so, you know, we've been talking about origin stories, you know, and before the break, I was talking about how, why, why it's important to understand our origin story because as leaders, right, we need to understand the consequences of not only how we got here, but the consequences of our, the next generations, right? So if, if we, like Kyler and I, we are products of, someone who found Jesus, um, maybe even, you know, even in the worst of situations mm -hmm. found Jesus. And yet 
Jesus used that 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 event, right, to to change the influence in our lives. Our lives would be would look completely different. Um, you, you know, if now that doesn't necessarily mean that we wouldn't be here, right? God could still have gotten us here. We we still would have had an opportunity to find Him. He was still the gospel still would have been presented to us, but we would have so many more wounds. Right. We would have such a different story behind us, right? And um, and so I I am thankful, and Kyler, I'm sure you are too. I am thankful for the um, for God drawing my dad to Him, mm-hmm. you know, and and that I was able to to be raised in a Christian home, you know. I you know you talk about people all the time. I was listening to this guy, um, you know, he was talking about testimonies. This is kind of a side note, you know. He's like, um, oh, what was his name? I don't know. He was a Christian comedian, you know. But he was like, you know, you growing up in church, you always hear people about, uh, you know, have all like all these testimonies. You know, they'll be like drug dealers and stuff. He's like, oh, why didn't I have a testimony like that? You know, talk about how you know, like this guy was like, you know, he's basically like a man prostitute. You know, he's like, oh, I could have done that. You know. <laughs> I could have been that person, <laughs> you know, but, um, you know, but at the same time, we're thankful that God spared us from a lot of hardships, right? You know, because of a situation. Now that doesn't necessarily mean, again, you know, I go back to, to Wayne, doesn't necessarily mean that God does not have a purpose. God, God is known for taking poor situations and making good things out of them. Right. You know, you see it over and over and over again. And how God can use you know what is it he he equips the he equips the called not calls the equipped right is that right did I say that right something along those lines yeah something like good. that you, you you get what I'm saying and so um, you know and and oftentimes we see that but when it comes to the next generation when it comes to us as leaders our wives our children the people around us the people we are influencing you know. We are there as a leader. Our influence is vitally important. Yes. You know, especially, especially to our children. And if we don't grasp that, if we don't understand that, we can abuse it. Right. So to pause for a second. Yes. Um, so my, my walk is actually thanks to my great-grandmother. It's not to my dad. It's not to my mom. It's not to my... They, they played a role in it. I mean, when church every Sunday, they showed us importance, but they never... They didn't exi- show me, my brother, my sister, exactly what we should be doing. Mm-hmm. And the reason I bring that up and the reason I say that is mine came from a hunger to know God more. And that wasn't something that my parents knew to pray for. It wasn't something that my parents knew, but my great-grandmother did. Mm-hmm. And my great-grandma, she's going to be 100 this next April. Um but we as men on that point you're talking about for our children, we're not just praying for our children. We're praying for our children's children and their children after that. Yes. You're praying for blessings over your family lineage. You're not mm-hmm. praying for blessings over just the next generation. It doesn't stop once you finish your prayer and once you finish raising your children, because what you are doing now is going to affect all the generations to come. That doesn't mean they're going to be perfect. That doesn't mean they're going to walk the, the right faith. But with mine, I mean, when you're looking at my family, my family's not perfect by any means. I hmm, mean, I my, my, my uncle passed away when I was 25, 
from lupus or when he was 25, not when I was 25, when he was 25 from lupus and doing drugs and a little bit more stuff. And he experienced God healing his leg right then and there in the hospital. And he still went back and then he came back and forth. I mean, he experienced many things. My mm-hmm. aunt followed the same path. My grandma and grandpa got divorced. My mom and dad had issues. My uh, grandpa cheated on my grandmother, my, all these things. And my grandma, I mean, she's like the saint of our family. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, that lady that will not speak ill of any person, she will just pray for you and she will sit there and she's got the patience of, I don't even know. I couldn't tell you. Because if I was her, I would have done smacked a few of us many, many times. I'm sure she wanted to. There was a time she chased me at the belt, but I was a kid. I was learning. But what I'm saying is just because what you are seeing now in the season is not what you expected to see does not mean God's not working, that he's not in the midst of it. You continue to pray because those prayers will come. Those prayers will be answered and those generations that are coming forward is what you are continuously praying over. Yes. Yes. And that's, that's so true. That's so true. Um, you know, and I look, I, and and I guess, so when it comes to, when it comes to me, whenever I, I, I think about this, I, you know, my biological dad, he, he's, he's a real piece of work. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and with that becomes a lot of um, bondages, a lot of generational curses, mm-hmm. you know, that even though, you know, he left my mom before I was born, um, that I I still, you know, I well, just for example, you know, he's been a, an alcoholic, you know, all of his life. And um, there are there are days, there are days that I'll have a thought of, Man, a beer sounds good. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm like, where the heck did that come from? Right. Right. You, you know, where, why, why? Like, I, I've not had a drop of alcohol in over 20 years. Yep. Right. What, like, why? And what that is, is that, that is that general, I, I, I truly believe that is that generational curse that is there. Yes. That if I was to ever partake in that, it would grasp a hold of me. Right. Because I am susceptible to that, that kind of stuff. Right. Well, the devil knows exactly what you're susceptible to. He knows your weaknesses and he knows your strengths. Mm-hmm. And he's going to capitalize on both of those things. That's right. That's right. But I am, I am thankful that, you know, my dad stepped in and he took the role of a father just as, you know, really it's a beautiful picture because it's just like God does for us. You know, we are adopted into, you know, his family. In the same way that God adopted me or my dad adopted me. Mm-hmm. And he, because of that, because of his role, he broke those generational curses. Yes. You know, he set the standards of morality for, for our family. And um, I'm sure, I'm sure there were plenty of prayer. Well, you know, I say that I don't, I don't really know if there were a lot of praying people at the time, you know, in our family, but um you know, I'm, I'm sure there, there was somebody, but, um, but that role was taken on by man, Mm -hmm. you know, that he's like, okay, there needs to be change. Not just for me, you know, like he didn't just get saved and, and just be like, okay, well I'm saved now. So, you know, 
I'm going to change. All you guys just continue to live in the way that you are. He's that's not what happened. People's not only him, but even the lives of his friends that were around him were changed. Yes. You know, people that that still go to church with us today because they got saved in our living room. You know, because the, they were friends of, of my. You know, so not only not only us as kids, but the people around him that he was influencing. He he brought to the Lord. He he drawn to the you know you know be like guys you you've got to meet this dude Jesus. I'm t- I'm telling you, you know, and change lives forever. Mm-hmm. He didn't change lives, but he he cultivated the environment through his influence to allow them to find Jesus, right? And that's that's what it's all about. We have to understand the importance of our influence to cultivate a an environment for others to find Jesus. Yes. And unless we understand our origins, unless we understand that Jesus prepared a way for us to find him. Right. I mean, think about all the things that could have happened. You know, of course he had now he had free will. He could have said no. Yes. When he was standing in front of that church, he he very easily could have said no, but he didn't. God waited until the perfect timing. I, I heard a story today. I was listening to a podcast. And uh she was telling this story about um about this lady and she was going through this fast and and um he, the, the church that she was part of, they, they were doing this 40 day fast and they were supposed to fast something, you know, and, and something that, that they wanted to, 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 to fast for that, that they were asking God to, to heal or whatever it was. And she was talking about her, uh, her husband's relationship with him. Right. And so, um, he, he didn't really live a Christian life. He wasn't, he wasn't really exhibiting any, any fruits of the spirit, you know, nothing like you couldn't really tell if he was saved or not. Right. And, um, and so she began this fast or whatever, and her she found out in the middle of the fast that her husband was cheating on her with her best friend. Mm. And she goes through, and, and you know she, she you know she's like, God, what what is going on? I've, I've you know so her husband moves out. She's like, I've, I've lost my husband. I've lost my best friend. You know this is this is the opposite of what you what I what I was asking for. Right. You know. And, uh, and so he, he, in his, in his failures, he began to, he, he began to seek God. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, he began to go to counseling and they, they were like, Hey, listen, you, he, we've got this guy that you, you know, you should talk to, um, you should reach out to that specializes in men who have, you, you know, who have, cheated on their wives and is looking for retribution, you know, looking for healing in that. And, um, and so he's like, okay, okay, okay. And so his wife, you know, him and his wife were kind of going to counseling and, um, they, they go to church and the pastor is speaking on money. Mm-hmm. And she's like, are you, are you for real? God, this is not the conversation here. This is not the message he needs to hear. Well, at the end, she said that, uh, that he, he gave an altar call. The pastor gave an altar call and she said her husband ran mm. to the altar. Right? right. Well, it was, it was a big church. And, and so what they did is when, when that happened, they would take him to a room one-on-one, you know, ma'am, you, you know, um, 
and so the, the room that he went into, he's like, you know, he just spilled the beans. He's like, look, you know, I, I know that I accepted Jesus. You know, this is what happened. I'm such a sinner. You know, I was trying to reach out to this guy, and the guy was like, was that you? You know, he pulls out his phone. He's like, did you text me? Yeah, it was the exact same guy that they were trying to, you know, and he's like, oh, my goodness, you know. Well, then a- a- after all this stuff happened and her husband was at home and and, and they, they began to heal the marriage and his he accepted Jesus. She got this envelope in the mail of the thing that she had wrote down and God fulfilled exactly what she wanted. Maybe not in the way that she wanted it to, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But the circumstances, we don't always understand. We don't always see as good circumstances, but God uses them for his glory. Right. You know, that hey, I'm, I'm sure if she had any other way to get her husband that way, that, that's that's what she would have done. But God knows best. Right. Right. And so we have to we have to accept that God did the same thing for us. Mm-hmm. The circumstances that our families were in were not the best circumstances. Right. But God used them to cultivate an environment where they would be susceptible to come to know him. And we are reaping the consequences, you know, good grief. My dad's been saved for almost since 1989, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and here we are. Yes. Well, we have to remember that we have to live our life as if we are the point of origin for our family. Yes. We, we are the one who's going to instill the values every single day. Cause we're the ones that's going to be like I talked about earlier, praying over our family. So we have to live our life as if we are the one where the origin starts because for three generations down, you are the point of origin for them. Mm-hmm. You're going to be the person that has instilled the, we go to church, we do the right things. We live by the Bible. We pray every single day. We pray before we eat. We, you know, the values and the ethics and the morals that you are instilling now, even if it you hadn't instilled it the past, you know, 15, 30, 40, 60, I don't know however old you are. You, you now decided that today is my point of origin. And I'm going to continue to go down this path because three generations from down, they're not going to know what your grandfather, great grandfather and all of them did. They're going to know what you did because to them, you are now the grandfather. You are now the great grandfather. And that's how we have to remember that moving forward from today, that we are the starting point. We are the origin for the rest of our family. Yes. You know, and I was talking, I was, you know, talking about that, the generational blessings. Um, I was talking to a pastor the other day. And he was talking about how thankful he was that he had a godly father or a, a good father. He said, even before he got saved, he was a good man. He, you know, he, 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 um, he, he was always there for them. He always provided for them. He always loved on them. He was always at the ball games. He was, he was an attentive father, you know, but he didn't know Jesus. And, you, you know, of course we know that he come to know Jesus mm-hmm. and he said, and it, he said his life, other than other than the the going to church and different things, but the the values didn't really change much because he was already instilled in those values. He said, but when you look back at the history, right, or the, you know the the ancestral type thing, you know, before him, his dad was a, a pastor. Before him, his dad was a pastor, and like several generations before them, they were all pastors, mm-hmm. and. And he was reaping the consequences of godly men in his lineage, right? Right. That had set the standard. And of course, his dad come to know Jesus. And but his values were already instilled in him. 
and he reaped the consequences of of good, godly men in his lineage. And you know the same thing goes goes with us. Even though we may be the the origin, right, or we may be you know second generation uh, of uh, of that in our lineage, we still set the standard for the next. And you know the Bible talks about you know up to a thousand generations. You know, you know, generational curses up to four generations, but generational blessings up to a thousand generations and and how God will just continue to bless. And, you know, we have to understand we have to understand as leaders, uh, as men, that we are the influence of the people around us. We have to set the standard of morality and godly living as an example to the, to the people around us. Yes. And so maybe, maybe you've got questions, you, you know, maybe you're wondering how, you, you know, maybe you don't know Jesus and you want to be the first in your family. You know, uh, you, you don't need an altar. You don't need anything. You, you don't need, you, you know, uh, a church. If you guys want to talk, please let us know. We would love to talk to you, you know, but you can accept Jesus right wherever you're at listening to this. You know, all you have to do is to understand that you are a sinner and you are in need of a savior and that Jesus died for you to forgive you of your sins and that through him, he is the only way to heaven. And he's the, he's the, the author of, of your salvation because of, of the, the sacrifice he did on the cross mm-hmm. and that through his resurrection, we can, we can meet him in heaven. And so, uh, you, you know, it, but if you have questions, you know, contact us. Real men at palaceofpraise.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, you know, we are, we're slowly getting onto like TikTok and, and YouTube and, and different things like that. But um, also, I want to mention the book, um, which we are, hopefully, will come out next year. Um, you know, we love you guys. You know that God loves you, He wants to see you succeed, um, He is for you. And as always, I want to end it in prayer. Holy Spirit, teach us to be leaders of our homes, of our communities, and of our churches. And teach us to be godly, courageous men. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to Real Men Talk, brought to you by Palace of Praise Church in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. If you would like to get in touch with us, shoot us an email, realmen at palaceofpraise.com or visit our website at palaceofpraise.com. If you're a man age 16 and up and would like to be a part of the conversation, join us at the Palace of Praise every Thursday night at 6.30 p.m. If you don't have a home church, consider joining us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. Palace of Praise is located at 1400 Herschel Best Boulevard in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. New episodes of Real Men Talk drop every Thursday at 5 p.m. You can find us at iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Anchor.fm, Amazon, and more. Real Men Talk is a production of Palace Media Service. Real Men Talk has been brought to you this week by RLP Construction in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. For commercial contracting of all types, see RLP Construction today. And by the Jewelers Bench in Poplar Bluff. They are your one-stop shop for all your fine jewelry needs. They also do in-house repair and are your citizen watch dealer. Make sure to thank our sponsors for bringing you Real Men Talk.
If you want to join in the conversation, join us on Thursday nights at 6.30 p.m. We gather with other like-minded Christian brothers to discuss hard-hitting topics that affect men on a daily basis and use a biblical approach to overcome common strongholds that affect our families. We show men the importance of being the spiritual leader of their home and what it means to be a real man in the eyes of Christ. Join us at the Palace of Praise, located at 1400 Herschel Best Boulevard in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. We meet in room 400 every Thursday. Come be a part of the discussion.